56% of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the competence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote-unquote okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the Confidence Workshop. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Confident podcast. So grateful that you're here today. If you have not gotten the opportunity to give us a review, please go give us those five stars and tell us what you love most about this show, or feel free to give us any ideas that you have on topics you'd like us to cover. Today, I want to introduce an incredible woman. Her name is Jessica Smith, and Jessica is the author of Your 20s Book and Self-Discovery Journal. She's the host of the podcast, Career Coaching with Jess Ness, and she works, as a, she works in tech as an L&D manager for Exactly. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much. You did yeah, that wonderfully. so pumped <laughs> to have you. Yeah, pumped to have you here, girlfriend. Okay, so what is something exciting happening in your world right now, Jessica? You know, uh, I'm playing with chalk. Talk about a throwback. Chalk, you know, you know, that childlike, playful, you know, down on the ground. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have this whole big um, concrete wall on the side of my house that separates my house from this big old park. And I just thought, why not use this concrete wall as like a, a backdrop for quotes and different things. So I'm currently playing with that, which is fun. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. I love that. And you don't have children, do you? No. <laughs> yeah, that, this is what I love, like everyone listening, because like, I feel like it would be easy for someone listening to be like, yeah, she probably has kids and they're probably playing with chalk. Yeah. like, no, you can go do this with no children. You can color <laughs> with no children. Like you don't need kids to do childlike things. I love that. Well, well, that's one of the things that's like, I'm really interested in is like, what were the things that were hands-on and fun that I can bring into now? Cause the world is so 2d, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like, how can I bring more of that tangible 3d world into my day to day being that we work in this virtual environment so often? <laughs> yes. I love that. That's so cool. Do you think that after you do the chalk, if you like really love the masterpiece you create, you'll end up maybe like spray painting or something like that on top. So it stays. <laughs> I've thought about that. Like what if it rains? What if I really like right. this? Do I want to redo this? What, what's version two? You know, it's like, you know, I think that's part of the life lesson, right? It's like, just be happy with the version you're working on and don't worry about what's next. <laughs> 
Oh, come on. Wow. Okay, you guys. I don't even know you... if that came from somewhere. <laughs> you know what? Sorry. The podcast is done. That wasn't Thank me. you for being here. That um, <laughs> you just got the best life tip of your life, and you can just go and implement that immediately. We'll, we'll have a great day. <laughs> Five-star review. Bye. Five-star no, review. And bye. <laughs> but that's what's funny. You know, it's like when you let off the pressure of being an adult, right, and lean into that child life, like you, you don't never know what's going to come through. So... Mm, that's so like a, a real life, I don't know, truth bomb. Thanks yeah, for letting me. It really is. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I work with my clients a lot on is what was an activity that you did as a child that you can do right now and bring that, that little kid in you forth. So I love that you just touched on that. And I want to also say something that's like talking in the back of my mind of something that just happened. And I like to call myself out of things. The reason why I asked you the, the kid question was merely to talk about chalk, but it is one of my biggest pet peeves when people like ask really early on in meeting someone like, oh, so do you have kids? Or like, oh, so are you married? Like mm. as if someone's entire identity should be wrapped around the marriage or wrapped around the children or anything like that. So mm. I just want you to know, Jessica, I wasn't asking you that, like trying to be like, do you have children? It was oh, more. No, thank you so me much. Okay. I'm just want to make thank sure. Thank you for clarifying. I think that's important though, because so much of our identity, it's, it's easy to think, and I think we're just launching right into it, right? Like it's easy to think our identity is, oh, I'm a mom now, I have kids, I'm, I, that means I, ha I am a mom. Um, I'm married, I am a wife, I am a husband, I am a fill in the blank. Um, the same goes for your 20s. Like, mm -hmm. like but yet it's, um, it's funny because it's like, you're supposed to know everything that's coming next. Um, you're supposed to know exactly what you want to do, where you want to go. And then a lot of what your identity becomes is the formation of what you do in your twenties. And that, mm -hmm. I think moms fall into that. It's easier for people to be like, they're a mom, but they're also a human being, but it's like, well, why aren't we doing that with 20 somethings? You know, mm -hmm. they're college like, students, right. They don't, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, they're a psych major. Doesn't mean they're a, a psych, you know, it's like, let's live, let's bring that space um, that we so long for in some of these other roles we play later down the line. It's like our 20s is, is a decade of a lot of intense transition, change, and identity uh, yeah. restructuring, I think. It's so good. Yeah, you know, a conversation I was having with one of my clients at my weekend retreat actually this weekend was how, I think often people don't know what question to ask when they first meet someone. So they ask a question that's from their own, you know, their own framework or their own perception of life. So mm -hmm. for an example, if a mom has kids, then it makes sense when she meets a woman around her age, her, one of her first, first thoughts is to ask, do you have kids? Well, you know, for all you know, like A, maybe the woman doesn't want kids. B, maybe she's not able to have kids. Um, maybe she's trying to have kids and that's a really sensitive topic. And so, you know, obviously you have to realize even if someone does that, they have good intentions. The person asking that question is not trying to be mean or trying to be, have ill will, but for certain people, that question might actually be kind of hurtful. And so it might be better to ask a more open-ended question like, you know, what's something you're passionate about? Well, that could open the, the door for someone to talk about their kids if they have kids but if they don't, they could talk about something else or same with college, right? Instead of someone graduating from high school, and I've done this before for sure, you know, and saying, so what college are you going to next year? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't make I've the assumption that. that they're going to college. Like not mm -hmm. everyone goes to college right after high school. So then it could be like the more open-ended version of that question is, you know, well, what are your, your plans for after you graduate high school? Um, and I guess to bring up one more example is the, are you in a relationship one? And again, I've been guilty of asking that really early on in meeting someone like, so do you have a boyfriend or so are you married or something like that? And I'm just saying it cause I'm curious, but I could see how, if that's something that's like really a hurtful area of that person's life, it sucks to be asked that. And so it might be a more open-ended question of, you know, oh, do you have, you know, family or friends that live in the area or something like that. That's like, or like, who do you like to spend your time with? And then that way, if they have a significant other, they'll mention that. But if they don't, then they don't feel hurt by you bringing it up. Yeah. I think it's, you bring up so many good 
insights in, ter in terms of just the, the interactions day to day now, right? It's like there's so much behind the scenes that we don't even know. Um, so we're navigating what is going to be the right question. Uh. Um, but then also, I think it's like, it's like, why do we feel inclined? I'd, I'd like all of us to, to think about this because it came up for me when you were speaking. It's like, like, why don't all of us look at why is that the question that we're most drawn to? You know what I mean? Like, why is like, after someone gets married, the, the first question that you want to ask was like, how's the honeymoon? Like, when are, when are you having kids? It's like, okay, well, like, there's so much behind the scenes that we don't even know or create time for to understand or seek to understand and all of that. And I think that's really important nowadays too, especially when time is of the essence. Like we don't have to give everyone our time. We don't have to over explain. And unless someone's asking from a genuine place, like we don't have to explain at all. Right. So it's mm -hmm. like, it, it goes back to also just like in our twenties, like, if, whether you're in your 20s right now or you're just maybe pat, just maybe graduated right to your 30s and going, well, I still don't have any idea what's going on. Um, or maybe you're a mom or maybe you're a grandma or maybe you're whatever. Um, think back to that experience and think of the questions that you were uncomfortable with and that you disliked um, and ask yourself, why do you feel the need to ask those now? Because I always... I always think back to even as a kid being like, oh, I remember when you were this tall. Oh, you were just this big, you know, and just thought, how annoying. But, and so now as I'm an adult, right, I'm like, I see kids and I think that in my head, I'm like, oh my God, they were just yay tall when I saw them. But I'm like, okay, <laughs> but this person <laughs> is an eight-year-old with a living, breathing consciousness that, you know, remember what you were thinking when you were eight. So it's like, there's all these different things that I think are happening at different ages that it's like part of it maybe feel like, oh, we graduated. So we have the right to ask, well, what's next? You graduate from college. What's next? You know, it's like that question was so annoying. We just want to freaking ask it so that we are able to ask it, you know, it's because we've mm -hmm. gone past it. But it's just it's one of those things where it's like those expectations of what we anticipate with other people in those age groups and different things. It's like. Maybe it's just an invitation to look at, huh, a younger version of ourselves. Right. And like, why do you place that expectation on mm -hmm. someone else? And then wonder, maybe it's because you place those types of expectations on yourself, on yourself. right? And look yeah. inward. So yeah, so good. Okay, you guys. So um, that was our intro. No, <laughs> I do want to. <laughs> I do want to quickly say that you guys, if you're listening, you can tell that this is going to be a really good conversation. <laughs> Jessica and I are going deep. Uh, if you want to connect with her on Instagram, you can head to her, her personal Instagram, which is at hello, Jess, J E S S Ness, N E S S. Or for her book Instagram, it's at your dot twenties. Exactly how it sounds. Or you can also connect with Jessica on LinkedIn. It's Jessica Smith, and it'll be linked below because there might be a few Jessica Smiths on LinkedIn, maybe like one or two. I don't know. Just a couple. I was laughing at the thing you sent me earlier on email about how you got the very first right. uh, Jessica Smith on Venmo. On Venmo. I'm like, yeah. I got in quick. You got the very first Jessica Smith on Venmo. So yeah, if anyone wants to just like Venmo, uh, Jessica now you have her Venmo so just send money her way no I'm just joking um, so anyway if you want to connect with her on LinkedIn because you are seeking career strategies or career tips or maybe you're curious about tech or maybe you're curious about exactly and what um, exactly is the name of a company for those who don't know it's spelled X a C T L Y so it's almost spelled like exactly and um, she might be able to point you in the right direction. So there you go. There's the official intro. It's done. We're here. Let's dig into the five sections of your book, Jessica, um, AKA the five areas of life that 20 somethings go through the most change and transition in. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a mouthful, but isn't the decade too. Uh, so yeah, the book is called Your 20s. And um, you know, the tagline is really this kind of playful, verbiage that it, it, it the way that it came about too it's i should have i should have wrote down or i don't know where it is somewhere on my computer like the first original tagline that i had for the book it was like it was like 15 words it was way it was like a paragraph <laughs> and 
<laughs> my editor was like, this is way too long. I'm like, what? I'm always way over communicated in, in everything, you know, way too many words. And so I was telling my friend about it and she's like, just, just stop, stop. Just tell me about the book. Like, what would you say? And I'm like, well, no one ever teaches you how to grow up, you know? And she's like, uh, dude, I think that's the, that's the tagline. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's this very playful and the book is, I just want to clarify, you know, the book is about the, all the different life areas that come through the change and transitions and all of that stuff, like you said. Um, and it's, it's by no means like a book because like I'm perfect at it or I've accomplished, you know, it's like, I've got it figured out. It's like, no, the book asked me <laughs> my human form. Can you help me co-create a message to the 20 something population that says there is no right way to grow up. There is no one path. There is no one journey. And as much as you feel alone sitting in your dorm or your apartment or your room or wherever you're staying right now, and the more it looks like everyone else has it figured out, everyone is in the exact same spot. And that spot is WTF, right? Like <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop, like waiting for gravity to like to right. happen. Like, when do I start to feel like an adult again? Like when do I start to feel that? <laughs> All of that, because there's this big thing that happens, like, after you graduate, whether it be high school or college, there's this, like, okay, good luck, go for it, you know? And then you're just sort of, I like to describe it as just kind of floating in outer space, like, kind of like, okay, uh, anyone else have gravity? Looks like they do. What the hell? I'm just still floating. Mm -hmm. So the sections of the book are really about the five big areas that I think there's the there's just the most change and transition. So it's self-love, body acceptance, healthy mind, career, and relationships. So in this area or in this decade, I feel like those are the areas of life that we're going to get the most challenges, tests, question marks, um, questions in general, like, well, what's next? What's this? What's that? What now? Um, the most, uh, I guess, the most invitations um, to really step into who am I um, and how do I want to kind of navigate this next, this next phase of my life, writing my own syllabus, because it's the first decade, it's the first moment that we have the opportunity to write our own syllabus. It's written for us. Wow, that's so true. Right? Yeah, you enter like preschool and even in preschool, they have a syllabus for you mm -hmm. and then at like 22 or 23 or 24, whenever you graduate college, if you went to college or maybe you got kicked, maybe you, you kind of kicked into reality at 18 if you didn't go to college, I guess. And then you had to figure it right. out from there too. But either way, you have all these years of people writing your syllabus and saying, here's what you're going to do. And here's what yep. you're going to do. And here's what you're going to do. And then all of a sudden you get to make your own choices and it's kind of liberating and exciting, but also kind of really scary. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, wait, what? So, and the biggest thing I think is, you know, throughout all the sections, of course, there are going to be different life paths, different life resources, scenarios, all sorts of, you know, environmental things that happen. Um, but I think the through line, no matter what that external experience looks like, the internal experience should be, how can I greater connect with my inner voice of wisdom? you know, with, with all these other voices saying, do this, do that, try this, what next, all this other stuff, what's internally coming through? And is that in alignment with the, the choices that I'm making? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I call that your ness. And your ness is basically a vocab word that I made up um, for your inner voice of wisdom. So like your Janelle-ness Ooh. Like when you're in alignment with your Janelle-ness, I would bet that you would choose certain things over other things when you're not in alignment with that highest sense of truest voice within yourself. Mm. And, and that's the hard part because you may be in a situation where it's like, well, everything logically makes sense. I'm going to say yes to this person. They get married to them and we have our families get along and blah, blah, blah. But but then maybe there's a meditation practice every day that you're doing 
and there's just a very slight, slight, like I said, slight and faint at the same time, um, you know, whisper that basically is like, don't marry him. Don't marry him. Don't marry him. And you're like, that makes no sense. I'm going to stop meditating. You know? So you stop meditating because you're like, well, everything makes sense logically. But it's like those little whispers are clues. And the more that we can cultivate what activities, practices, foods, thought processes, people can cultivate a greater connection with that nest, that inner voice of wisdom that we each have, the more that little whisper will become a roar and our, our life will become more in alignment because we're not letting our external, I don't know, just our external, you know, signals guide our internal process. Mm, so good. And I'm super relating to your story because, yeah, I dated the same guy for six years and kept thinking I should get married to him. He's a great person. And, you know, ultimately I kept being like, I'm so confused. I don't like... I don't really want to marry him, but there's no reason why I shouldn't want to marry him. And so I, I, I totally relate to trusting that intuition, even though you can't quite put your finger on it. Like I was rereading my journals from that time period. This was now like, I don't even remember, five or six years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm married to the man of my dreams, which is incredible because I didn't know that that existed back when I left the other guy. You know, when you break up with someone, you're like is there anyone better out there? Cause this person's not that, you know, they're pretty good. Um, but I was reading through my journals recently and I, I remember I wrote, or I read that I wrote, uh, like it, it's, how do I tell someone that I'm trying to break up with them or that I want to break up with them just because I don't feel at peace. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with us. I just am lacking peace. And I'm like, is that a good enough reason to break up with someone? And of course, I, I mean, I think journaling is such a powerful tool because it brings up so many things. And I know you do too. That's why you have a journal that you sell as, as you know, a part of your book. It's like, if I hadn't spent all those hours journaling that out, I don't know if I would have gotten in touch with my Janelle-ness, right? Um, yeah. I think journaling is one of the, probably, you know, I've never used that terminology, but now that I know your term, I think that journaling is like the number one thing that brings out my Janelle-ness where I can be super honest with myself and look myself dead in the eye and call out truth. And, and yeah, lack of peace is a good enough reason to not do something, whether that's the job or marry the man or, or woman, or even if it's like hanging out with a friend that you actually don't really enjoy hanging out with, if you just constantly don't feel peace about something, I mean, maybe there's something that you need to press into to understand where the lack of peace is coming from, of course. But when it comes to saying yes for marriage, especially, or yes to a big career choice, you should feel peace in my mm -hmm. opinion. I love, I think that's a really good point because so often we're, we're encouraged and um, it's brought to our attention that if something's a big ordeal, then pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, would I would imagine that a lot of people are like, lack of peace, like life's not peaceful. Screw it, you know, as, as this car drives as, by. Yeah, wow. That okay, was the universe, thank you for that sound effect, right. universe. But it's like, that, like, lack of peace may not be like, a big enough selling point for some of some of the people listening right now. And I just think that like Janelle, you bring up a good point. It's like, that is a big enough reason that is lack of peace. Like seriously, <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Lack of peace is a big enough reason. And just because society or movies make it super extreme, like, you know, uh, you know, the world has to crumble, you know, the earth has to part in order for us to make a change. If you're feeling a disturbance of peace, it's something to note as well. So I, I love that you brought that up. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I know it's a constant reminder, of course, mm -hmm. I mean, because lack of peace can come up numerous times in different areas. So of course, I'm still learning this and still putting into practice. And I actually thought of when you said that, um, there's a part, I thought of a quote in here. I don't have it like, I don't know which part it's in, but about the, the relationship, the fear 
um, I think you touched on it a little bit. It's like, do we stay in a relationship because, um, because, or do we leave a relationship because we notice there's a lack of peace? Or do we leave a relationship when we notice there's these huge, um, or, or do we, do we leave a relationship when we know that we're, we're a hundred percent going to be okay and fine without this person? And I think I'm saying these, this backwards, but I guess my point is oftentimes we stay in a relationship because we're afraid of the unknown, of what it's going to bring, of being alone, of, oh, there may not be another person that loves me as much as this person. Mm -hmm. Um, my God, I just put all the, you know, it's like, so there's all these different fears, but it's like, let's not, let's not let our fears also be, um, something that prevents us or, um, our greatest wants, I guess, be also something that prevents us from making changes. You mm. know? Yeah, that's good. Hello, just in case you were starting to hit your mid podcast lull, we're going to take a quick break from the regularly scheduled events to boost your energy and have a little extra fun around here. I'm going to ask today's guest rapid fire questions. And then we'll pop back into the conversation right where we left off. Here we go. All right, girlfriends, this is the part where we go into power hour rapid fire question. Oh, 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 oh. You ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, Jessica, what is the best advice you have ever received? Uh, um... Oh my God, this is so hard. Um, um, just go for it. I don't know. Just go for it. Is it. Like, what's your daily mantra? What do you tell yourself all the time, every day? Um, well, see, I'm a Gemini rising. So, I mean, it's just so many thoughts every day. I mean, just be yourself. I, it sounds so, that's so, so cliche, but not the self that other people think you are the self that you are internally when no one else is around. You know what I mean? Be that self and let other people fit into that. I think that the be yourself gets a little jaded. It's not the external self everyone's expecting. It's the be yourself when you're alone, most comfortable with yourself. <laughs> I love it. So good. It's not overused. We'll keep saying it till we beat a dead horse with it or pet a lying horse. I don't know. There's a, there's a pedo way to say it properly. Okay. What is your favorite beverage? <laughs> oh my God. Um, I love triple hydration. <laughs> what is that? I'm obsessed with it. Um, it's well, it's called triple hydration and, um, and I put it in my water and I'll drink one a day and it's supposed to make one glass equal three because it has like magnesium and all that stuff. It makes me feel great. So that's my favorite. Mm, okay. Good tip. Good tip. Okay. I have a blank at my desk at all times. Pen. Pen. That's lame. She's I'm a sorry. writer, you guys. She I writes know. books. Hello. I'm like, I have a pen in my hand. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. You have been holding a pen like this whole podcast. This whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I have. It's amazing. Okay. A strange or potentially even bad habit that most people don't know that you have. Mm, um, I don't know if it's a habit or, um, or like a self, like a survival mechanism, but I love looking at patterns of things, mm. patterns of like, like if I'm speaking with friends or something, like I'll pick up on, um, a certain word they're using over and over or like a phrase or like if someone's like pattern recognition through the roof. <laughs> Interesting. I know. Wow. <laughs> Never heard anything like that as that response. So that's good. I like it. Okay. What book or podcast are you reading or listening to right now? Um, I am, I just bought the book. I'm sorry. I'm getting up. Um, it is called, um, the cycles or what is it? I don't know where it is, um, of becoming. Um, and it's about astrological cycles. Okay. So it's called the cycles of becoming. I think it, yes. The cycles of becoming. Yes. Love it. Are you actually reading it? It doesn't seem like it's very handy. It seems like it's under <laughs> a lot of 
<laughs> a lot of different things. <laughs> so funny because I just rearranged where the books are and they're facing that way and uh, they're falling. So yeah, it's oh, like- Oh no, the books are falling. But yeah, no, that it's a really old one. It's actually, I think it was written in like the seventies, but- um, Oh, cool. I'm totally, totally messing with you. I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Favorite personality test, if any. Um, oh, that's so hard. Cause I work in learning and development. So there's so many, I love Myers-Briggs. I love strengths finder. Um, I also like numerology. I love, um, the, um, the life you were born to live, the numerology path for that as well. Mm, cool. Love it. Uh, will you ever move okay. from where you currently live? Um, no, I don't think I will. Where do you live? Just tell so people know. I live in Modesto. I just bought a house. Um, so, I mean, I'm in a 30 year fixed rate loan. Um, but who knows, you know, it's like, I may be some, this may be something I rent out in the future. Um, but at least for now, um, I think I'll be here for at least the next writing the next book. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. Last question. What was your best moment as a businesswoman? Oh, best moment was, uh, so I was working in recruiting for a really long time. Um, five years total over the course of two different companies. And, um, and I, at the, I, at the same time, I started, uh, hosting a podcast called career coaching with Jessness and did a bunch of career coaching stuff. And at the time of our company actually got bought by a private equity firm. And there was an opportunity to move into a learning and development role. And because I had been expressing things that I was interested on the side, like the career coaching, the self-development and all of those things. Um, it made that transition into expressing what I wanted to do um, that much easier. So I guess the lesson is um, if you're doing things on the side, even if it's not directly related to your career, talk about them, share those interests, share those likes, um, and what you're learning with, with your current company, because there may be an opportunity for that side interest to become your main gig. Um, and so that was a really big aha two years ago. Um, and it's been serving me since that exactly. So that's amazing. Very cool. I love that. Woo! that was exciting. I hope you are feeling energized like I am. Let's go ahead and get back to our regularly scheduled events. Okay, so let's just go ahead and dive into, like, share with us one, I don't know, powerful tidbit from each of your five sections. Oh my gosh. Okay, one. <laughs> or five? Okay. I don't know. Let's just, I mean. I'll, I'll share whatever comes up for each section. Yes. Okay. Okay, great. so let's start with the self-love section. Amazing. So each, each of the each of the sections of the book is um, organized. There's three chapters in each of the sections and the way that it's organized, this is going to be helpful because again, it reiterates that I'm not an expert at your twenties, just that I'm someone that's passionate about bringing up that no one's an expert. Okay. Um, so there's, you know, a little bit about a topic and then I suggest an activity that people can do um, to explore their own relationship with their nest in that area of their life, right? Because the more that we cultivate that relationship, the more alignment we're going to feel. So in terms of self-love, it's all about really just cultivating that self-trust. Um, it's the basis of everything. It's finding out, um, you know, what that whisper within says versus um, all the external validation or needs or all these different things that are coming into play. Um, so self-love is really about finding out how do you listen to that inner voice of wisdom? Um, relationships. I mean, gosh, okay, wait, 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 I'm gonna pause you. I'm gonna pause you. Okay. So self-love you're saying the journaling in this, right? <laughs> There's no, no, we're doing this. You're doing okay. it. Perfect. You're here. Um, <laughs> that's about as perfect as it gets. You're right here, right where you belong to okay. me. Okay. Um, 
So with, with the, the journaling prompt, you're saying the journaling prompt is for someone to sit down and think to themselves. How or do you want me to be very specific with give like what? Cause there are there, I mean, there's three chapters in there. So there's three big ideas. I love specifics. I mean, okay. I'm one of those people who I like to know a detail and a really practical takeaway. So I'm trying to think if I'm someone listening to the podcast right now and I'm thinking, okay, okay how does this, what could I, how do I know where my nest is happening? So if your name is Amanda or something, you're like, what, where do I find my Amanda-ness? Or where do I find okay. My- okay. Where do you find yours? That's, I'm curious about that. Mine? Yeah. In nature, solitude, in writing, in early morning before the world's awake. Um, <laughs> yeah, really in, in my writing is when I find what I truly want to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess with, with like the self-love, you know, one of the activities that you can do is really to take yourself on dates. Body love dates, okay? Um, or maybe it's self-trust dates. Okay, um, whoa, 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 whoa. What's a body love date? What's a self Like, how do we do this? Okay, like, okay, a body love date would be if you're trying to get in touch with your physical body. You're trying to love on your physical body more. Um, people are like, duh. It's like, yeah, I know. So some examples. You can take a bath, right? Um, dry brushing. Um, moisturizing or just laying down and, and giving gratitude for your knees for supporting my God, like the whole upper, mainly your whole body, my God, like your knees um, and just really slowing it down to support and love on that area of, of your body. Um, so, and that's just one area, right? One section of that self-love area. It's like, there's, there's much to love. Um, but you know, the body love is one of the areas. And I give suggestions on self-trust dates, um, self-worth dates and things like that too. So it's very much an interactive book. It's so that you can have a self-discovery practice with yourself and, and better understand who you are so you can make better choices. Mm, I love that. I like what you said about thinking different parts of your body. Um, I can honestly say I've never done that. And Um, I have a friend who is a coach who was recently talking about how she was challenged to actually stand in front of the mirror naked for two minutes every day, (laughs) two minutes, two minutes and look at your, look at yourself in your eyeballs and say, I love you. I love you. I love you over and over and over again. And she was like, well, why do I have to be naked? But the whole, the whole idea behind it is getting comfortable with your body. Mm -hmm. And so I'm almost combining in my head that strategy with what you were talking about, like looking at yourself in the mirror. I think once again, naked might be a good idea because we shouldn't be ashamed of our bodies. I'm not saying you go run outside naked, you know, like let's, let's be smart about this. But, um, I, I really think there's beauty in looking at your body and realizing that there's, whether you think your body is perfect right now, or if you're like 99% of people, you might be hard on yourself or hard on your body. Um, so yeah, I think just standing in front of the mirror and, and saying, thank you knees for the way you've supported me. Thank you fingers for the way you pick things up. Like just running through every part of your body and thanking it for the functions it's done for you. That's, that's such a good idea, Jessica. Yeah. And I think, I think just starting with, cause it's, it's all about, again, like I would encourage any suggestions that are brought up today or, or, or recommended in the book. It's just, just double check with your nest, what's going to be right for you. And so if, if like, whoa, get in front of the mirror naked sounds like a nightmare, that's okay. You know, just start with just looking at your eyes in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just check in with yourself. And, and the whole point of this whole thing is, you know, let's not judge what comes through. Um, but just trust it and just follow it. So, um, yeah, it's, um, everyone's going to have different levels of experience and comfortability. And that's the point. <laughs> that's the point of the whole thing. So wow, that's cool. each way. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. I have to ask a question that I feel like people listening might be thinking, but how old are you? I'm 32 now. 
32. Okay. The book was published when I was 29. Um, and it's, so it's three years old now. And, um, yeah, yeah. Woo. I know it's really taking on a life of its own, but yeah. So I'm 32 now. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think people listening are probably like, wait, so is she in her twenties with me? Is she like, wh-? I mean, cause they're not looking at the video and they can't see your beautiful, mm-hmm. gorgeous face. They're mm-hmm. just hearing your voice come through and they're like, what age of a woman is she even? Like, she you sounds know? 90. Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> right. Exactly. I was totally thinking oh, you sounded so- 90. So I wanted to clarify that she's 32. No, you guys, I, she's not I, indeed was- 90. <laughs> it's kind of a fun joke for myself because I used to be a recruiter for a long time and you'd, you'd talk to people on the phone and you'd picture, you know, okay, the voice, you know, it's almost like watching a cartoon and then you meet the art, you know, the actual voice artist. You're like, oh my gosh. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, that's just playfulness. I love that. (laughs) I love it. It's so good. Okay, cool. So I feel like we have a good practical idea for the self-love area. Let's Mm -hmm. move on to the next section and give people a little bit of wisdom and tools from that section. Okay. Oh God. So the next section is relationships. And I mean, this is one of those things. Um, my gosh, I, it's one of those areas that's all these areas are still challenging and that's the point, right? It's never like we graduate and then that's that. It's just every one of these sections and areas of our lives is going to alter ebb and flow throughout each decade. Um, and so in my twenties, relationships were all about, um, setting boundaries, understanding what is mine, what is theirs? Um, what am I available for and what am I not? And so a lot of that came up in college too, because not only do you have professors and, you know, parents or caregivers, you know, having expectations, but you're also trying to date. (laughs) You're also trying to, you know, maybe go to a formal or two. I mean, today college may look, I mean, it must look so different. I'm not super in tune with COVID college life. Um, but you still want that genuine connection, right? So it's about finding the connection, but not giving up the entirety of who you are because of it Mm -hmm. and still creating some of those boundaries. That was probably one of the biggest kind of ahas that that I write about in Mm -hmm. in the book. Mm -hmm. Will you share a story of your own that people might be able to relate to that has to do with that? For boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Because boundary setting is a huge conversation, right? I mean, I talk about boundary setting with my one-on-one coaching clients all the time. And Mm -hmm. it's something often, not all, but often many women really struggle with setting boundaries. And I think tools for that would be, I'm sure, welcome. I I would welcome them for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm always welcoming new tools for boundaries. My goodness. And I think it'll ebb and flow based on the situation that you're available for. So it starts with getting really clear about what you're available for. Um, And this this may change based on your situation, maybe weekly, daily. Um, But like, for instance, say, say say you have someone in your family that's like, that's ill or, or needing a lot of support and energy and all of that. Okay, that month, you may not be as available right? For other people to maybe hear them out or um, spend time with them. Or I like to think about it too in the five love languages. Like what am I available for in this moment? Am I able to give words of affirmation? Do I have time? Am I able to to buy it, maybe write a card or something like a gift giving? Um, Or is it maybe acts of service? Maybe I can do something kind for that person. It's kind of first starts with clarity what are you available for? Um, and whatever kind of lens you want to look at it through, whether it be, okay, of the five love languages, what can I give right now? What, what do I have the energy for? But then also tangible, like what do I have actual tangible time for? Um, and starting there. And then once you know what you're available for, you can kind of get a little bit further and think about what are my non-negotiables? Like for instance, some, some weeks, when I'm, um, you know, my father, uh, passed away in December, two months ago. And so what I'm available for right now is a lot less than what I was available for in October. 
Mm. Um, so that will change and ebb and flow, but it's like the boundaries, they're not, they're not established when people have a lot of requests from you. They're established when you get clear with yourself. And that starts again with cultivating a relationship with your nest. So like when I'm in tune with my justness, I know what I'm, it's like, okay, that's a clear no, that's a yes, that's a no. But it, it's getting to that, um, I guess, that awareness with yourself to know what that yes and no is. No one's going to know what the yes and no is except you. Mm, so good. Everyone, everyone's going to want you to say yes, yes, yes. Right. Right. Yeah. No will be one of the most important things you learn to say ever. Yeah. yeah. And thanks for sharing about your father, Jessica. I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's changing my entire life. It's every, it's, I write about my dad in my book. Um, he's quoted a, a few times. Um, his essence lives on in me, but, um, but yeah, there's definitely more to be explored with, um, with the heart chakra, especially so more to come there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Thanks for sharing. Sure. Um, love the part about boundaries. So, okay. Is there a, is there any tool or, cause right now I feel like everyone listening is probably like, yeah, I want to say no more often. I, I want to have better boundaries. I want to be more in tune. I'm sure some of that goes back to our first part of the conversation. How do you best, you know, get in tune with your nests? Mm -hmm. Is that journaling? Is that your shower? Is that a bath? Is that in the nature? Um, but what would be maybe another tool for boundary setting? So for this, I would really encourage people to sit down and take a moment and just do some journaling and write out, you know, first thinking about what are your limits? What are you willing to do and what you're not, what are you not willing to do? Um, your time, what do you have time for? What are you not available to fill your time with? Um, and then also just your empathy levels, like your emotional availability. Like we need to take it into account that we may not be available for everyone's emotional um, ups and downs and that's okay. <laughs> uh, that's totally fine. But, but really getting clear on those three things is going to really help because then you're going to know what's, what's a yes and what's a no. So good. Love it. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the next section. Okay. Now we have the section on healthy mind. So healthy mind, um, you know, I talk about proof and perspective, positivity, protection, and finding balance. Um, the healthy mind, I think, I think one of the things, and, and this is the interesting thing too, is, you know, as I'm learning, growing, growing up, growing out, growing in, <laughs> uh, felt important to establish all three ways of growth. Um, <laughs> there's there's going to be new tools, right? There's going to be new things that come up. There's going to be new lessons, all of that stuff. Something that really helped me in my twenties was really looking at my perspective. Um, and the tool that I had was, um, it was another journal type of activity, but if you're more of a vocal person, or visual, do it that way too. Um, so like you first start with the icky situation and you describe it um, in two ways. And whether you describe it verbally to a friend, you write it in a journal to yourself, or you take out some markers and you know visually do it via art, um, just describe the icky situation. And then the next step is to do the, what would be the new perspective? If you were to try on a new pair of, uh, perspectives, <laughs> kind of like spectacles, but perspective. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like, so what's that sound like talking to a friend? What's that look like in art form? What's that look like? What's that sound like when you write to yourself? And okay, just, can you give us an example? Yeah. So one of the examples I like using a lot with my workshops is so, <laughs> and it's, it's funny too, because we've probably all been in the situation. We're outside and it's raining, it's pouring rain, okay? And you're like, I'm gonna go for a run. And you're, it's pouring rain, you're, you're, everything's drenched, none of your gear's working, blah, blah, blah. And then you look across the street and there's this neighbor jogging in pure joy and it's still same weather, same, same rain, same season, same neighborhood. 
but why is it that that person is having such a different experience than me when I'm like dragging myself outside? It's perspective. It's entirely in our control. And that's not to say like, think something different and your entire situation will change. Okay. I'm not trying to like spiritually bypass anything here, but I am trying to give empowerment to the control or at least the opportunity that we have day to day to be the driver of, of what we see things through. Um, and I'll admit sometimes it's like, I got to see it four or five times before I'm, I'm that happy jogger in the rain, <laughs> you know, it's like, but give yourself that permission to kind of take a step back and, and relook at it because the perspective alone can really change the flavor of the day. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah. I, I know when I think about my own life, something that I used to struggle with a lot was depression and um, suicidal thoughts and actually thinking if I, if I, if I were to go to really deep into my story for you, Jessica, probably a lot of the listeners know this already, but you can listen to my very first podcast ever where I talk about how I actually thought I was going to die in a car accident at a really young age. Um, there's a lot of different limiting beliefs that played into that. And there was a time where like, I didn't see the benefit as to why I believed that. And once I came out, I, I believed that for about eight years. And once I broke free from that lie. I told some mentors, they helped me through it. Um, and at first I think like, I didn't think that much of it or I didn't think, um, I wasn't like happy about it or I wasn't, I didn't, I don't know. I don't really know how I felt about it. I was kind of indifferent, but the more I've dug into it, the more I found gratitude for it because once I broke free from that limiting belief, it propelled me to taking action on my life like crazy. Once mm -hmm. I realized that my life mattered, and once I realized that every single human being on earth is created with a purpose and God doesn't make accidents. So once I started to put on that lens and I, it propelled me to taking action on my life, I all of a sudden found gratitude for a situation that, you know, otherwise was kind of a morbid situation or kind of a, a sad, dark situation. But now I look at that sad, dark situation. I say, thank God I experienced that because if I hadn't experienced that, I don't know if I would be where I am today. And so I used that to, to push me forward. And so I, I just, you know, I share that story thinking about how you're saying it's all about the lens. And there are times where it's easy for me to look at the lens, you know, at like the rain on, on a bad day and like the rain sucks, or I can look at it and be like, wow, like this rain is so beautiful. And I'm so glad I get to go on a jog in this rain. Um, and it feels so good, you know, on my body as the raindrops come down. <laughs> At any moment we can choose, you know, we can make the choice of like, is that situation that you're going through? Yes, it's hard or it was hard, but are you going to use that to propel you forward? Or are you going to continue to sit there and think about how it ruined your life? Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And I, I, I want to acknowledge that I used a pretty, like, pretty, like, kind of, you know, lighthearted example, like, and I know that like, um, it's not as simple as change your perspective, you know, like in terms of some of the dark places that we go. Um, I'm definitely interested in learning more about kind of your experience and, and all of that. And whether it be, you know, now this or, or, um, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to listen to that podcast episode because, um, that impacts me. Yeah. Mm, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wasn't trying to make light of the fact that you were using a lighter situation about the rain. I was just, you know, sharing something I am thankful for. I really am. I can think back on things that at, in the time they sucked and they were horrible. And now I can look at them with gratitude. And I think that that's really what you're getting at is it's being able awesome. to, to change the lens. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. So good. Okay, cool. Um, have we given, let's see. So did you give the journaling prompt for this one? I'm trying to remember. Um, yes. Yes. So we okay. covered that. Um, whether you be, whether you are a uh, visual or vocal or um, more tangible, you know, you can always take that kind of before, you know, first perspective and then take another go at it. Um, the next section is 
body acceptance. So in this area, I talk a lot about um, the impact of external judgment, um, a, per, a way that I personally coped when it came to societal pressures on what you're supposed to look like and this and that. Um, and then I also talk about kind of another stem from that in terms of like fitness being a new, a new perspective on fitness being a form of self-love versus a form of self-hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, body acceptance for me has been just kind of a, I don't know, a weird road because, um, because it's, it's meant a lot of things to me. Um, I think because it's been programmed in a certain way and, and told to me a certain way, but, but body acceptance in terms of I need to look a certain way in order to get X, Y, Z, or I need to be a certain way to be loved. Or if I'm not like this, I'm disgusting. Or, um, if I'm not like this, like how, how could anyone love me? Um, those kinds of things. Um, those, those were first kind of, I I guess, played out and, dealt with and coped with through high school and college through an eating disorder. So I share a little bit about that and how that related to body acceptance, but it was also a lot more to me. Um, It meant control. It meant, um, you know, having a grip on just the day to day. And so a lot of these like topics that I talk about and like organize into certain sections, what's neat is People can read the whole book front to back, or they can dive in just on one chapter. And maybe someone's reading it and going, oh, actually, this would fit into healthy mind with me. And it's like, that's cool. That's perfect. Like, mm. that's the whole like, essence of the book is like a tool for self-discovery. Mm, that's good. Well, thank you for sharing your story with your eating disorder. And I'm sure um, that body acceptance chapter is probably very powerful with you sharing where you've been and how you got to where you are today. Uh, so I guess I'm curious, like what would be the tool for this one? Like if someone's listening they're like, yeah, like I have struggled with an eating disorder or even just, I look in the mirror and I have a hard time looking at my body because I feel uncomfortable in my skin. What should, what could they do? Yeah. I mean, I'm no doctor. Uh, so get, I mean, yeah, like get this. I think the first thing that helped me was I told someone that's it. Like you just tell somebody, tell, tell a friend, tell a parent, tell a neighbor, um, just write it out in your journal and just admit it to yourself. Like I have a problem. I need help. That was the biggest thing that I, I remember the day that I, I, I said to my parents, I need help. It was terrifying. I was like, they were in their room. I think I was a junior in high school. At the time, asking for help was just so foreign. I was the old, I am the oldest of four girls. Um, so it's like, if you need something that doesn't come in a four pack, like getting, you know, just figure it out. Right. Like, mm. um, grab a go-gurt. No, it's like, but, um, but there was a lot of kind of self, I don't know, self, um, editing that I did in that kind of role as the oldest, but I can look back at it as an adult and look like, and reparent myself in those ways. But, um, but the bravery that it takes and the courage that it takes to just tell somebody Tell someone about that freaking secret. And once it's no longer a secret, even if you just tell one person, that secret cannot sneak attack you. And you need to trust that. It won't sneak attack you um, because it's like you've turned on the light in on it. You've turned the light on in a room that's been your secret room that you've only had the key for. Now you've turned the light on and you can start to invite other people in. And it doesn't have to mean anything about you, but it just means you're human and you're brave, and you're asking for help. I think that would be the main takeaway. Wow. It's so good. Yeah. And kind of like I was sharing with my story, it's like I told someone who was trusted, and that's how I was able to break free from that limiting belief or that lie. And so, yeah, it's like, tell you. I think we underestimate the power of a single conversation. 
where we underestimate the power of one, what I heard this recently, like seven seconds of bravery, right? You had your seven seconds of bravery telling your parents, I need help. And sometimes all you need is seven seconds of bravery and it'll change your life. Right. Yeah. It's vocalizing the fear mm-hmm. or vocalizing the secret. And then it doesn't have power over you. Yes. Come on. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I love it. Hey there. You may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose. And then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me, then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird, fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. Okay, cool. So let's move into our section. Section. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Career. Now this is one that is probably the most popular in terms of people that work with me one-on-one with clients or career coaching um, is career. Like, you know, what to do, how do I know what the hell I want to do and how do I get there? It's kind of like the overall theme. Um, in this one, because of my background in technical recruiting in the Silicon Valley, I have a lot of very, very tangible, practical examples. So it'll be hard to just give one. Um, if people are really, really focused though, on the career section, especially get the journal, like all of my All of the things I work with one-on-one with people from a career coaching aspect are in the self-discovery journal. Um, In the book though, I talk about the importance of building a brand internally and externally, how, what you can do to take the fast lane in your career, and then how just take off the pressure to find the perfect one. Um, You know, everyone's like, what's your passion? What's your passion? What's your passion? It's like, Find you know, it takes off the pressure in terms of that and focuses more on what do you, and this is kind of the takeaway, I guess, activity that you can think about when you're thinking about what is going to be the right gig for me in terms of career. Um, it's what are you doing when time flies? Um, and I'm not talking about Netflix. Okay. What, what task are you doing? Are you writing? Are you like running? What is it? It could be anything, but like, something that your personally, your body is involved with doing, like has to be involved doing. Um, what are you doing when time flies? What are people asking you for advice? You know, what are people coming to you for? Um, and then I guess just, you know, what genuinely interests you? What do you find yourself researching when you're off the clock or just on the weekends and things like that? Um, that those are more clues to finding the one, the right career versus, um, you know, first starting with the major and then following in your father's footsteps with the doctorate and all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that question that you just asked of like, what are you doing when time flies? That's such a good question. What are you doing when time flies, Janelle? (laughs) You know, I I was like thinking about that while, while you said that I I thought of podcasting, like (laughs) I always, (laughs) I know, I always tell people, I'm like, let's try to do 35 to 45 minutes. And everyone who listens to this podcast knows they're always an hour. Like I say 35 to 45, but I know it's going to be like all of a sudden be an hour. I'm a blink. And then it's like, crap, but did it again, but it's okay. Hopefully, you know, if they don't want to keep listening, they don't have to, but we're having fun talking. Here we are. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so podcasting for sure. Uh, coaching is the other thing that comes to mind. Uh, one of my big growth opportunities is ending my one-on-one coaching sessions on time because <laughs> I love it so much and the hour just flies by and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, oh, we, you know, t- time's up. Like we got to get off. And if I have a meeting right after, it's a little easier. If I don't, I'm just like, gosh, like we're just having such an incredible conversation. Like, you know, I, I don't even want to stop. I just want to keep pouring into this person and helping them grow and helping them have tools for confidence. And so, yeah, I think those are two of my things. And Otherwise, hanging out with my husband. I mean, I just freaking love that guy so much. So anytime I'm with him, I'm my happiest. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. Okay, cool. So there are so many different action steps I feel like people could could take from here. (laughs) Um, Jessica, I'm just going to ask you the question because I ask everyone as the last question, if you could urge every listener right now to walk away from this podcast and take action on one specific action item, what would it be? Um, it would be to cultivate tools to discover your inner voice of wisdom and whether that be my book, great. Awesome. Whether that be my, you know, journal. Awesome. Whether that be listening to more of Janelle's podcast. Great. Whether that be looking to people in your life that inspire you and journaling on what characteristics they, they exude, right? Um, whatever. Start building a daily practice where you get to discover more of who you are. And that'll look so different for each of us. But, um, but just even if it's just writing down, how do I discover more of who I am? Just pause for a second. And listen what comes through. So good. So good. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So you guys, as a reminder, you can go connect with Jessica on Instagram at hello, Jess Ness, N-E-S-S. Now we know what Ness means. I didn't understand that before and now I get it. So cool. Or you can go follow her book or you can go grab her book at your.20s. Go grab the book, you guys. Jessica, you're incredible. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and hopefully we'll be chatting again soon. Thank you so much for having me.